Working driver. You're full-time here and a trainee to boot. You should be using your free time to study, not prance about on catwalks. That's not the kind I do. Mick and I have to write reports on your progress, and punctuality gets noted. I've met trainees who did worse stuff and got through. Carly thumped the horn to change the wailing siren to yelp. Don't you want to be good at the job? Hey, just because I don't cry doesn't mean I don't care. That was a SIDS, she said. And I'm not talking about crying. Anyone can see you don't give a shit. He turned the rear view towards himself and touched his hair. Think what you like. What I think goes in the report. I'll be fine. Carly wrenched the mirror back. The shift stretched out before her like the road to hell. He said, You know what they say about actors. You already told me. Those who look good, model. Those who don't, act. Carly flung the ambulance around the corner into Iredale Street and smacked off the lights and siren. She spotted number 355 on her left and pulled over. Aidan released his seatbelt and reached for the door. The job's at number 11, she said. He raised his eyebrows. I don't know for sure, because I'm just a stupid trainee, but I have a feeling that might be up the other end. So why have I stopped here? Probably to lecture me about something. She squeezed the wheel. What are we going to? Domestic. What's the first thing you consider in going to any job, but especially these? The address. Safety! Idiot. Look down there. Aidan stared out the windscreen. Any cops? Oh, he said. No. Look like anyone is out and listening or upset about hearing something? Aidan shook his head. The street was quiet, the twilight shadows deepening. A man walking a fat brown dog looked curiously at them. Think that guy would look so relaxed if the shit was hitting the fan down the way? No. Snippy now. Carly gritted her teeth. So what decision do we have to make? whether to stand off or go closer. That's right, Carly said. Your thoughts? It'll be all right. All trainees took that stance. Carly had done so herself once upon a time, before a bullet whistled past her ear. Now, if she felt so much as a twinge at the back of her neck, she stood off. She released the part brake and lowered the windows and dawdled the ambulance towards the address. Even doing this was too much on some jobs because people got the shits if they spotted you and you wouldn't go in. If she'd seriously felt there could be trouble, she would have hidden in a side street, out of sight. If, Aidan began, shut up, she heard no fighting or screaming. Her neck was good. She parked close to the address and turned off the engine. Okay. 
Aidan grabbed the Oxyviva and first aid kit and headed for the low gate. Carly followed with the drug box and monitor, still listening. No sound other than the sigh of tyres on the street behind her, and a newsreader being all serious on a television somewhere nearby. Two steps led up from the footpath to the townhouse's small porch. The black front door was closed. A window beside it was protected by black bars, and a heavy curtain stopped them seeing in. Aidan glanced at Carly. You happy? she said. He nodded and reached for the brass knocker. The sound was dull and flat. Carly listened closely. Sometimes this was when the screaming started. The woman who opened the door after a minute was red-eyed, but held her chin high. She looked about thirty. Her light brown